0: Welcome to Double Fries, No Slaw. It is March 13th. It's spring break week. That means absolutely nothing for Richie and I, um, who just get up and go to normal jobs every day. But spring break week for Florida State. Uh, we've got a bunch of spring football updates. Talk about some uh, other FSU athletic things. But before we get started, Richie, how are you doing this weekend? What's going on? Uh, pretty good, man. Just to, took yesterday as a house day. Just
1: worked on everything. Um Today, you know, we got this going on. Gonna go check out uh, James Harden and Joel Embiid tonight. So, because uh, I'm certainly not going to watch my last place Magic, but it, it'll be a
0: fun time. Have they have they been disappointing you this year? Are they tanking pretty good or
1: they're, they're disappointing really that in bringing Marco Fultz back and starting to win a few games? When I want that last, I want the best odds in the lottery to see if we can get someone. Uh, I feel like the Magic do that every year. That. We just live in that world of, of hurt. You know, typically if we're not in the playoffs, we're eight nine seeds, so we're not getting good draft picks, but I'm used to it as a magic fan, but been, you know, here my whole life. So it's nothing new to me.
0: Couldn't be me. Well, it kind of is me this year, but most years it couldn't be me. Um What did you do this weekend? Did you do anything yesterday? Did you do anything crazy or you just kinda of like hung out, watch
1: golf? Yeah. Yeah, watched what little bit of golf they did have, because uh, the weather up in Sawgrass is not very conducive to playing right now. Today should be beautiful, actually. So a lot of players got screwed yesterday, uh, but kind of took it easy and cleaned the house, and not much going on. I I did go meet you for uh, my Garnet Gold Care Package yesterday morning, so got some really nice stuff from them. So I'm uh,
0: excited about that. Yeah, no, I've seen a lot of stuff that they've got. We'll do like a more official like ad read later. But if you're watching this now, if you're already tuned in. They've got some really cool stuff that's been released. I love the vault stuff that they've got. If you use code NOSLAW, N-O-S-L-A-W, no space, you get 20% off. So we've got those really cool hats that I was posting yesterday on Twitter. Um, you can get those for under $20 with the with the code. We don't get anything for that. Harlem was just asking me, like, well, what's our – and I was like, nothing. We're just saving you guys money. So um, 20% off with code NOSLAW. Go check out garnetgold.com and get something after the show. Don't leave the show and go back. But we also had a giveaway winner. We'll talk about that later in the show. Um, but let's jump into it. Double fries, no slaw, brought to you by Guthrie's in Tallahassee. You can visit both their locations at 1818 West Tennessee Street and 2550 North Monroe. They're expanding. I actually spoke with their owner just the other day. They've got some stores they are going to be popping up in different places. They just signed a pretty large contract. Um for a certain number of stores that I'm not allowed to discuss or disclose, but it's a lot. And, uh, did you see there's a raising canes going in right across the street? I did So right, I texted right across yeah. the street from it. I texted that to their owner and I was like, are you worried?" And he's like, no, I love it. I love the competition. Bring them in. He was like, I'd love to kick their, you know, you know what? So shout out to OG shout out to all the imposters as well. Trying to be like the MG OG. Um, there's a part in Aladdin where the genie uh, is coming out of the lamp, and he says something like, "Often, often imitated, but never duplicated," or something like that. Like I don't know, but I so that's you know, shout out to the imposters. Shout out to the people that didn't think of something first and you know want to be cool like the OGs. So, shout out, if you start a French fry podcast and you're an imposter too. So shout out to, shout, after us. After us, we're not, but like you know, if you steal our idea, then you're an imposter. So. You're basically raising canes. Uh, all right, let's get into it because I think people are tired of hearing me talk about Aladdin and French fries and everything else. I wonder where um, you're going there. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just sometimes words just start coming out and I don't really know where this is like, like that's an office joke. But, um, all right, let's get started. Spring football has started. What are we, four or five practices in? Um, we were talking with Brian McFadden the other day. This is kind of like what you, what you put on the outline here. I'm talking with Brian McFadden, does this year just feel different to you? I mean, does it feel different than it has the last three, uh, three years? I think going into Willie's year, we we felt pretty good too. Um, Willie's first year, but uh, is this year feel different so far?
1: I I think so. Um, You know, and it it better, right? It's Mike Norvell's third year. He's got a roster together. It's still not the typical Florida state roster we're used to. That's going to compete for a chance to get to the culture wall playoff, but I'll say that the team looks different, even from a physical standpoint, It, it looks like, you know, an actual college football team. Now there's still a couple of people, um, players on the field that look like, you know, probably not going to contribute, but yeah, I think there's a bunch of walk-ons and stuff out there as well. But for the most part, especially among the offensive line, I look there and see this looks like a team that has some depth and some decent size to it. So much more so than, you know, previous years we've seen. So it's it's exciting, um, but, you know, it, the reports are are tricky because, uh, you know, the media that can attend, there's a lot of things they cannot report on when they're there so we're we're really trying to you know read between the lines but from the videos and in the photos i've seen the team they definitely look like they can compete with pretty much anybody they play clemson's going to be tough obviously but every other team i think they can compete with from a physicality standpoint and that's not been the case in, in recent years
0: yeah and some of the media that, that goes does break those rules on um what they're allowed to report on. So you just have to follow those outlets too. That way you can kind of find the inside scoop and, you know, let them deal with, you know, any repercussions later. So um, you just got to search a little harder, Richie, and you can find out those things that are off the record. Um, (laughs) Somewhat tongue in cheek. Nobody should be doing that stuff. Um, But I agree. I think the team looks different. Again, it's just so early. Nobody's winning national championships or conference championships or even competing for divisions Um, in March or April, but it does, it does feel different. It feels like we're, we have more certainty. We keep hammering home the point that uh, Florida state returns the 11th most production in the country. 11 out of 130 teams is, you know, not bad when you're just knocking on the door right there of of a top 10 um, team as far as production returning goes um, which is something that's very different than we've had in years past where, so many new faces year after year after year. You added some some transfers and some different people in different rooms that you hope will enhance things. But the only room that is like completely different this year is the uh wide receiver room. And there are still some guys there that are um that were here last year and and mm-hmm. competed last year on the team. Um Wilson, um, Helton, they're got, you know. Day. McLean, um, is Keyshawn Keyshawn Hilton's not still here? Did I just say, that? or is he? I've with COVID
1: I've, years, I don't know. You're gonna have seventh-year yeah, players I've, some places I've, across the country.
0: Yeah, no, I but I think Hilton's I've
1: moved meant, on. So, yeah,
0: yeah, no, I meant McLean. I don't know why I said Hilton, but um, so anyway, no, I think uh no, no, uh, hold on. Now I'm now I'm very no, he's a redshirt senior. No, he's here. See, I do I don't know what I'm doing here, bro. But um yeah, I mean, I think you you just have more certainty on who's around what different rooms look like. Obviously, the wide receiver room could be kind of wild, and who knows what that will look like with taking four uh transfers, but thank you, Harlan. Uh but there's just so much more certainty. Obviously, we don't know who's on the roster and who's not. Thank God for Harlan uh, correcting us on the back end of this, but uh, <laughs> I do feel like that's a big help. Uh, most important position. We talked to this about. We talked about this on the spaces. There's been a lot of praise for Rotomaker and Duffy. I don't know how how much. It, I, I'm a little skeptical there. So, so uh, I'm trying to. I have a few outlets like, a QB that I, I really two. trust. we a QB, two, Like, yeah, we know Jordan's sure. the guy. Let me just back up. We know Jordan's the guy.
1: Yeah, and Jordan I'm skeptical looks a little the praise. Yeah, Jordan I'll looks a little that. bulkier, too. Um uh, So I, there's no question, like we said, it's the first time since 2017 where spring camp, you know, DeAndre Francois, we knew he was quarterback one, right? So we finally have – we don't have to worry about a QB competitions throughout the spring going into fall camp. But I agree. Um, But if you talk listen to, you know, the reports last year, Tate Rodemaker was – doing pretty well in practice but we all know what happened when he got in the games right so it, it is something that I, I'd like to see I need to see more than Duffy you know running over a couple tackling dummies and making a pass to think he's really got it clicking um I I do think you, you might still want to look at getting in a quarterback with some experience to sit behind Travis uh, because again we don't know how healthy he will be and uh, Tate and Duffy I mean uh, you, there's a lot of hope and positivity but yeah it's I know what I've seen out of Tate and it takes a really special freshman to come out onto campus and really turn heads four days in. So I, I agree with you. I'm kind of pumping the brakes on what's going on behind Travis right now, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on.
0: Yeah. I think that, yeah, I don't know. I'm skeptical there. Hopefully it doesn't matter. Hopefully Travis just plays all 12 games yeah. and, and we don't even need to kind of bring somebody else in or, you know, maybe we can give some people some mop-up duty um at the end of games but yeah i'm i am somewhat skeptical there of uh the high high praise they were getting four days into practice like there's just not been enough stuff going on to, to know yeah right and, like, and
1: i don't think we'll know at all uh, even after fall camp we probably won't know what i'll be most interested in is to see who goes in in Duquesne when uh, You know, Florida State is up by 40 points in the fourth quarter, which, you know, if you can't get a backup in for garbage time against Duquesne, then we're in for a long season. So who will be that first guy off the bench? I I think it'd probably be Tate unless Duffy just really wows between now and the start of the season. But again, that's a decision Mike Norvell. He's probably a little nervous about because you feel really good with Jordan Travis. You know, you were five and two with him over his last seven starts. But we know what happens, (laughs) what happened when Travis was not available
0: last year and it was not pretty. So I think it'll be Tate. I I don't really foresee unless we bring a transfer in. I don't really foresee any situation where they bring Duffy in. Um, in that Duquesne game, unless there's like an injury or you have to. Um, with the way the red shirts work, I think you'd like to play him in four games or less this year. Um, I also don't know that he'd be ready anyway, and so I think it'd be Tate at the end of that game. Um. I would not want I think with the way the four game red shirts work I I don't want to blow a game there when it doesn't matter you know what if you need him later what if Jordan gets hurt and Tate comes in and throws like three interceptions in a row or something you know like yeah. then you you know I'd rather use him for a later game so I hope it's not Duffy I'm also okay just continuing to leave Travis in the game and just running the ball every single time against (laughs) UK once you're up 40. So, like, that's fine. Just kind of run the clock out. Uh, Good problem to have being up 40. Um, But I hope that's not the case. I hope we're not bringing Duffy in that early. Um, Offensive line with actual depth for the first time in God knows how long, 2013. So it's been almost a decade real depth we're we're really hyping this offensive line but with how bad it's been for the last 10 years nine years eight years however you want to kind of look at that with how bad it's been I feel like any just an average offensive line like if I told you Florida State's going to have the 40th best offensive line in college football this year so like I guess that'd be above average right because average would be like right around yeah you take that all day for top 40 offensive line I, I mean I wouldn't even think twice about that and it has a chance to be even better than that. Um, obviously the transfer in Lyles, Gibbons um back for his second year, really anchoring the center of that line. What are your thoughts on the offensive line this year? Just kind of the depth and, the, and what goes into it. I think the common theme
1: for the past four or five years has been okay, I think we can we can get by with what we have on the starting front five, right? But if someone goes down, we're gonna be in trouble. And, you know, go back to Willie's first year, Landon Dickerson goes down against Virginia Tech and the offense, which was actually moving the ball pretty well in that game, just completely fell apart uh, just with Landon Dickerson going down. So if you have an offensive line that you like the front five or the first five, but if only one of them goes down, you're screwed and you're in trouble. And I don't think that's the case this year. I think they're going to have a solid eight, nine, potentially 10 guys that they can at least trust to go in there and not just you know, let people run right by you all day and you know, not even make an impact at all uh, to where yeah. you're not forced to rely on a, you know, a, a larger tight end to come in and help block as well, because you don't trust your tackles. So I, I think the depth is there. And, and again, we're, it sounds like we're hyping the offensive lineup, but like you said, we're not, we're just thinking if this line is average, you know, with the depth they have and they stay relatively healthy again, we're not in a position where one injury is, is just going to screw you over for the entire season. So you start playing musical chairs across the offensive line where you got guys played out of position um yeah I'm excited about the offensive line in depth because I do think last year even the year before to an extent they did a pretty solid job in run blocking right the pass pro has kind of been the issue but if they can get the pass pro figured out I'd like what they have but what they've shown in Norvell's scheme with the run blocking but yeah I'm not going to say I'm excited about it but I'm cautiously optimistic that this line is, uh, will not
0: be a weakness, a glaring weakness, which we've seen far too often in recent years. Well, and what I'd also hope is that as we continue to not only get depth, we do a little bit better job with, and some injuries are freak things that you cannot avoid. But man, can we get to a point where we're not getting injured? We don't have offensive linemen getting injured every other game, and we don't have guys missing. Like it has the strength program as Coach Storms. Again, freak things. You step on a guy's ankle, which you know, things like that happen with the offensive line. You you kind of understand them, right? Um, but are we to a point now with the with the program that we're not having some of those things happen um where our strength and conditioning is at a point, we've got enough guys um who are doing things the right way and we're taking care of their bodies and things like that that we're not even having to worry as much about the depth. Now, injuries are going to happen, right? 2013 year, we kind of made it. We're still paying for that. But, um, you know, that, that would be another hope. I, you know, not only is the depth nice, it's nice to have some pieces that can come in and step in if they need to. But Florida State's going to do some of the things that we hope they can do this year. Um, let's just kind of avoid the injuries. <laughs> let's not, let's not rely on the guys in the too deep. Um, so, yeah i mean but i think that could be big we didn't talk about this but just in looking at the team and looking at the size and depth you know thoughts around the strength program coach storms and that side of things where we are yeah right i know mean, with uh, them
1: yeah and you got to think when norvell came here his first year he didn't have an off-season workout program you know you had kids that were everyone was basically at home and a lot of these kids didn't have access to a gym uh, um, or even a weight set, they, they were saying, just, just find a hill and run up it, right? That's the, so that 2020, they did not have any weight program at all. So 2021 last year was kind of the first time a lot of these guys got to go through the tour of duty, um, and the drills the way they're, they're that Coach Marvel and Coach Storms want them to go. So this year, you have a lot of people coming back. We talked about it, 11th most production, so all these guys went through the tour of duty last year. Um, and the offseason strength training program, I do think it's making a difference because I, I mentioned it at the top of the show, you know, that we had guys uh, in, in recent years that you look at them you're like that's not an ACC level player just by looking at them. Um, now you look like more of a, you look more similar to an NC State or a Pitt from last year than you do. You're still a ways behind Clemson, um, but you're looking like a respectable college football team. So I, I think Coach Storms has done a great job. And like I said, I think this you know 2020 wasn't even a you can't even count that year as an offseason workout um so this year will be the second one for most of these
0: guys and it looks like they kind of really bought in so looking at some skill positions it looks like there are a couple of people that have stood out in the running back room benson's got a ton of praise Uh, i know there were a lot of questions and concerns uh, about that take um just because of the fact that he came off you know came off of injury and Uh, didn't have a lot of production and people were like, man, what are they, what in the world are they thinking doing this, Uh, taking this kid? um, We're early. We're making a lot of observations from not very many days, but there seems to be some real smoke around Trey Trey Benson being, you know, pretty legit, fastest kid out there. Mm -hmm. We need to see what when pads come on and against, you know, opponents and about a month from now in in dope for the spring game, but a little less now. But uh, he's been a name that has certainly stood out. Uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on Trey Benson? And then what other standouts are you kind of hearing about?
1: Yeah, well, I, th- I think the biggest thing with Benson is remember when he came on his visit here, uh, when he committed, he was still in a knee brace. And I think that freaked a lot of the fan base out that, you know, he's just on a visit. You know, he's not doing any physical activity. He's still wearing a knee brace. But like you mentioned, uh, the folks that have been out there have been able to observe him. He looks like one of the fastest guys and he's built pretty thick. He, he's a good looking running back. Um, but we'll see again, like you said, with pads coming on. I, I know they've had a couple practices with shells and then they most recently had one with pads. They're not tackling. They're just doing thud right now. So they're not bringing players to the ground, which is very smart because you don't want to risk injuries in spring that could, you know, hang over into the fall. But yeah, Benson's a guy that definitely uh, from everyone who's been out there, sounds like he's really having a, a good time. Um Micah Pittman is, is standing out. I saw a hidden pop-up on the 247 practice report observation that, um, the, the past few days. Uh, one name that's really standing out is um Courtney Alexander, the tight end quarterback turn tight end. Apparently, he looks like a like a physical freak out there. Now, I don't know if he's got the body shape to, you know, be a full-time tight end right now. He might be more of a – Brian, Brian Courtney. Brian Courtney. Sorry. Why did I put Alexander there? That I was, was insane. So, Brian Courtney, the um, – who's again, and he's been mentioned by pretty much every outlet that's been out there. So it that tends to happen. So those you don't know, typically when the, the beat gets out on the sidelines to watch practices, um, there's downtime where they'll go talk to each other to compare notes. So it might just be one of those things where it's like, hey, you see in the sky over here? And, and then everyone kind of keeps an eye on him because everybody wants to find that one diamond in the rough and say, hey, this is, you know, the king of spring. Watch out for him in the fall camp. So I don't know if that's kind of where the, this hype is coming, but I do think um, enough people have seen it in, in uh, taking notice about him, you know, from the offensive side of the ball, I'm excited to see him. Um, you know, Johnny Wilson, uh, people were concerned. Like, is he more of a tight end like Johnny Wilson, to, to yeah. put it receiver, but to, from every, every, all accounts, he looks exactly like a tight end. His weight distribution is really good. Uh, body's in shape. So, uh, you know, I think a lot of the newcomers, uh, you know, everyone we just mentioned, I think is a newcomer between Pittman, Wilson, Benson, uh, yeah, that's it's exciting, but again, it, we, we have to stress this consistently. It's only been a few days; they're not even tackling right now. They've only had one practice in full pads, so it's really tough to say for certain. Uh, you know, any you know hardcore takes on any direction.
0: Yeah, defense is is pretty new. Look at a lot of positions. Obviously, you lose a couple of guys that had a massive impact in Thomas and uh, Johnson verse over there on the defensive line. Um uh, been battling out with Briggs and um who else at the end? Um thanks, William Goodalls. Uh <laughs> battle out with Briggs and uh not just kind of an instant guy, like an instant plug in going to be um the surefire thing. We were talking with Josh about that um at that defensive end position. Maybe just the fact that um he's kind of learning things um, and is not, not been in the system as long because you certainly Oh, McClendon, there it is, Leonard Warner um, as well. What are your thoughts on verse, not just being the clear number one guy. You just think it's because early. He will be there. I, I think that's a great
1: thing that um, because again, if he came here thinking that way and now, he has guys like Briggs and McClendon that he's pushing, and he might be saying, "Oh, this this might not be the uh, easy starting job I thought I was going to get." Because McClendon, he's kind of the wild card to me because we know Briggs is solid, right? He he was he's been solid inside, uh, moving outside. I I, I think you're going to get consistent play from him. He's not going to be a you know a freak Jermaine Johnson type deal, but I think he's someone you can trust. Um, and then it's going to be McClendon or Verse because it sounds like McClendon maybe a light bulbs kind kind of come on for him. Um, excited to see again the, the spring game will be a lot of fun because I do think for the first time in years you have enough depth to have an actual spring game and not look at a player make a play and be like okay that was nice but look who he was going up against I think you're going to have enough players um, to really get an idea but yeah McClendon and Briggs are, are really pushing verse who what many of us thought you know maybe we, we put too much hype on him when he when he came in being the number one defensive end in the transfer portal. But it's good to see that other players are pushing him and and competition's only going to be positive for this team in practice.
0: Yeah. Bethune's come in and uh, made a pretty good impact. Obviously, Deloach um, is probably your leader of that group at the linebacker position. But Bethune's come in and, and done some good things, um, already made some noise, gotten some people talking about him as well. In the secondary, um, obviously the news around um, – Brownlee Brownlee yeah uh, the name was being held out of my mind um, the news around Brownlee see what I did there uh, is is not great the fact that he hasn't been in practice and not really a lot of news as to why obviously been rumors around Nil stuff um, but a secondary that is kind of deep and if you were to lose Brownlee which hopefully that's not the case you know I don't think it'd be the end of the world um, but some cool names Azaria Thomas is somebody like when okay so I'll say this when – I'm going to, you know, pat myself on the back here a little bit. When Josh and I were on the spaces, for those of you who don't know, we obviously do FSU spaces. Uh, right now it's like Monday and Friday. I'm sure we'll, we'll do something midweek this week because we just can't quit the habit. But um, when we do tw- spaces on Twitter around noon, somebody asked, like, "What what's the, what's the freshman you think will have the biggest impact on the team this year? And he said McCall. I said Thomas. I really like – I like McCall too. Don't get me wrong. But I just like – I mean, Thomas just is like a – He's just like a baller, man. Like, he just is that guy. And so, like, I pat myself on the back there. Like, I, it seems like he's uh, having a good spring, getting in there, making some impact. Obviously, you love the fact that you have Jones back um, in the backfield, in the secondary back there. You hope some other guys can kind of step up as well. Um, Omar Graham's been a name that you wrote down and has been popping up and stuff. But thoughts on the thoughts on the secondary?
1: Yeah, I think uh, it'll be interesting. You know, Greedy Vance is is in here now, too. He had a yeah. pretty rough first practice or two, but sounds like he really turned things around after that. Uh, Jamie Robinson, he's the alpha dog, right? I think he's going to be the leader, not just the secondary, of the defense. I think him and Deloach are, are kind of going to be the guys you look to, to to lead this team based on how Deloach finished last yeah. season. Um, you just have so many bodies in the secondary. that you're, I'm confident you're going to be able to find you know, four or five guys for any given down, you know, Dent will see it, you know, he's kind of flashed. I think he had a pick six on uh, the second day of practice. So we'll be, that'll be interesting. You got Cooper back there still Knowles. Um, you have no shortage of, of blue chip talent in the secondary. Um, it's just getting them to, to buy into the defense here in produce because they weren't terrible last year, but, you know, obviously it, it sticks out Jacksonville state that last play, you know, it, it, you have to play 60 minutes every single down and you definitely have the bodies, I think. Um, it'd be interesting to see, um, you know, like a greedy Vance who had a rough first day or two, but seems to have really turned it around since then you have a lot of people competing and it goes back to that defensive end job, you know, competition's only going to make everyone better because think if Jared Burse had come here and McClendon hadn't taken that next step, do you think Burse is really gonna be pushing that hard every single play? If he knows there's nobody behind him that can take that starting job. Well, in the secondary, everybody knows, I think Jamie Robinson's your, your kind of locked in guy
0: and you're going to build around him. For sure. So it's exciting. I, obviously this hasn't really come out or I don't think much has kind of been said around this. Um, yeah. That'd be a good one, William. Demorey Tate can win a job um, for sure. We'll take any, we'll take anybody that anybody, yeah. I mean, and that's the biggest thing is like, you know, last couple of years, you've had guys that just had to play. Like if you're good or bad, it doesn't matter. We, you got to play. We don't have enough depth. You're out there. Let's go. Anybody that wins a job this year, it's because they went out and won a job, right? Whoever ends up being the number one running back, whether it's Ward, Towel, Philly, uh, Benson, whoever wins the starting wide receiver positions, because they went out and won them. There's enough depth there. We don't just have to. You don't just like, oh, we got to put a guy out there so we have 11 guys on the field. So I agree. Like whoever wins these jobs, you know, I mean, with the exception of, I mean, there are guys you know they're going to be back there. Right? Like Robinson's got a spot. Deloach has a spot. Bethune probably has a spot. Lundy, I mean, linebacker's pretty solid there. Defensive line, mostly solid. I mean, we'll see who kind of like starts and who's rotational at defensive end. But we know that Lovett and Cooper are going to start in the middle, inside. Yeah. You know, a lot of the offensive line is kind of short-up, Quarterback short-up. But, yeah, I mean, anybody that's winning a job right now in, in um, through spring or through fall camp, good. Because they didn't just yeah. get put in because we needed another body there. It's because they went out and won a job. Um,
1: and I think we'll have a really good idea, TJ, after the spring, into the summer, see who hits the portal. Because there, there's going to be people leaving yeah. the team after spring. Um, and seeing who leaves from the secondary or other positions, that's going to tell you all you need to know.
0: Yeah. The What also is exciting and what's a lot of fun and what hasn't been mentioned a ton, but what I am kind of looking forward to is kind of once we hear the reports on um, how the special team stuff looks. Um, yeah. you know, cause I, you know, I know Pittman's been kind of surprising people out wide out or whatever, but I'm excited to kind of see when he starts to get his hand on some punt returns and starts being able to take stuff back. Hopefully we see something yeah. exciting in the spring on that kind of get, get dope riled up and fired up, uh, with a big return. Obviously I'd rather see it in, 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 well, well, they're not going to do any punting in the spring game, but to, yeah, yeah. All he has it till, as, as long as he just it catches it,
1: people the crowd will go nuts. That's what just I mean. Go catch the
0: ball, just keep your hands on, don't let it bounce thirty yards behind you. that don't get me on my feet. Um But no, like I said, I, I don't even really want to see it in Doak. I want to see it in the Superdome in New against yeah. New Orleans. If you gave me a pick right now, what game I want there to be a punt return touchdown in? It'd be LSU without a doubt. I'd take that over Clemson because like, I think we could. I think we could you have a part okay i don't want to be super negative i know we've been positive for about 29 minutes here but i think we could have a punt return touchdown against clemson and then like you know still potentially lose that game we had a fumble return touchdown against them and still lost yeah um but i think if you have a punt return touchdown against lsu you're going to win the game like yeah, i think seven, that's like the, seven like that's, points because you're probably yeah. looking at like a four and a half to a
1: six and a half point spread
0: in their favor i'm guessing um yeah, four, so five, yeah, that, yeah. that erases five, the spread yeah well, kind of makes it a Yeah, don't give me that. Give me that. Give me that. Let's roll. So, anyway, no pressure, Pittman. That's what I want. Um, Okay. Pretty heavily relying on newcomers. We're talking about versus talking about Bethune, standouts. Okay. Teams on spring break, no practice Mm -hmm. for a week. This is normal. This is not something that is like new at all. This is usually how things fall. Thoughts on having spring break in the middle of camp or? I mean, I don't love it. I don't, I don't, yeah. I do not love it, but it, there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, it just is what yeah. it is. Sucks, but you're not going to have your spring, you know, go through until like May 1st, right? Like you, you need your spring yeah. to be wrapped up. Like you're not going to move your spring game back to like the, it, your spring game would have to go to the 23rd if you wanted to avoid this. You wanted to be able to have the, the excitement, the momentum around, um, you know, spring starting and visits last weekend. So I'm, it sucks, but it just is what it is. Yeah. Thoughts kind of the
1: same. And end of April at Florida States, typically the end of the semester, you're getting ready for final exams. So you you don't want to bleed it too far into that. Um, I was listening to your space uh, with Josh Newberg and with Brian McFadden. He had mentioned it. He doesn't like the idea because he used to love just knocking it all out at once. Um, I think it's what I'll be most interested to see is, is that first practice back, you know, who Norvell is praising, who he's not, because it's really easy. A lot of these kids are going to go home. Some of them will stay in town. Some of them are going to go over to Panama City. Who's going to put in the work every day to where that first practice back in pads, you're just, just not gassed and out of shape. Because I think it'll tell a lot about the character of these players, like who, who takes this week seriously and who decides to take the week off. Because I can tell you, if you take the whole week off, you're not going to be ready uh, for that next spring practice that starts. So again, like you said, it's pretty unavoidable. That's not a Florida State unique position or problem. That's going to happen all over the country. Um, I don't like it, but I get it. But I do think it's a good opportunity for some of these older guys to, you know, show back up on that first day of practice coming back and, and not missing a step. And you may look around and see some guys kind of, you know, gasping for air. And that's going to tell you kind of who took this spring break seriously and who didn't. Yeah.
0: Um. Tough to avoid. Kind of is what it is. Um, but I mean, what are you gonna do about Harlan doesn't like it either. So, like to make that make that 0 for 3. We don't like it, but not much we can do here. What do you you yeah. know? Um, I think that's about it for football stuff. We've gone about 30 minutes. We're gonna wrap up with some kind of around the horn, some other FSU athletic stuff. Um, before we do that, you had we interviewed on Thursday night, we interviewed um coach stud head coach fsu swimming and you had a hot take about something was it the buddy Beheim situation okay yeah that's what it was that's what it was or you said you had an opinion on it we were going to hear it out oh and the business they call this a teaser because before we hear that um i want to bring up garnet and gold um Garnet Gold has been family owned and operated since the mid 70s. It's the last locally owned FSU store in Tallahassee. Um, Fanatics is owned by Gators. Let's not spend money there. Um, All the major chains are owned out of other places. Garnet Gold has three locations in Tallahassee and a full e commerce shop. You can go to garnetgold.com. As I mentioned earlier, you can use. No Slaw, N-O-S-L-A-W. That's good for everybody but those FSU swimming guys that we spoke with a couple of weeks ago and put a video out on the other day. No Slaw at com. You can get 20% off. I tweeted a bunch of pictures of hats. I love stuff. Oh, it's in the other room. I love stuff with the state of Florida on it. And then it says the word state in it. I, that's what, That's like one of my favorite logos. I mean, obviously I love just like the traditional, you know, Uh, logo that we have i love stuff that's got the state of florida and the word state in it but whatever you like they've got it they've got the old logo i know some of you guys go crazy for that they've got the new logo use code noslaw at garnetgold.com you can get those hats that i was posting yesterday for less than 20 you can't find that you can't find that deal anywhere else you're not getting those hats for less than 20 bucks If you want a new harlan was talking about he's got some buddies that get new polos every year For the get for when the season starts, you get 20% off a polo. That's like, no, it's like 15 bucks off. Like, that's a really good deal. So, anyway, garnetengold.com, 20% off, code NOSLAW. They support the boosters. They've employed thousands of FSU students over the years. Support a local owned business. Garnet and Gold is your spot. Also, we had a giveaway. We'll post this on our Instagram as soon as I get off of here today, but our winner. For the giveaway with Garnet Gold, a $25 gift card, congratulations to Jen Mel Twin. Jennifer, I will shoot you a DM. We'll hook you up with Garnet Gold and get you your gift card out. You can use that online and get you something good. You you can still use the code. You can use code NOSLAW. So that $25 gift card is really like a $30 gift card. So you're welcome. Um, So shout out Jen Mel Twin on Instagram. Congrats on your gift card. All right basketball season is officially over actually the nit is happening will we not make the nit i
1: think we'll there's a decent shot we'll get a bid i don't know if we will accept it um just because the guy's it, injured just i think this season's ready to be over um
0: i i, I, I would you i'm not go. sure if, you, if you're if you're a power five you gotta go how do you turn that down
1: Yeah. I think the only reason you do it is that, you know, an ode to people like, you know, the weatherman, Harrison Prieto, and some of those other guys that it would be their last time getting to play. Um, You're still just don't have the bodies, not the depth. And I think this team, especially after Syracuse, that game, uh, the team that it's like the third or fourth time in the past month where they've just thrown their hands up and flat out quit. Uh, So frustrating to watch And luckily I didn't have to watch the whole thing. Um, But I, as I, Switch me over to my watch ESPN tab at work. Like every time I watch it, there's just no effort. You know, it, it I got vibes of when I went up to Chapel Hill, and uh, before I know it, it's like 22 to nothing with Char Heels in the lead. Um, yeah, I just thought we a, did a
0: better a, job of not quitting in that game than we did in this one. This game, we definitely quit. Yeah, this game, well, I think, like, don't care.
1: Yeah, well, North Carolina, that was more of just North Carolina had a 50 point lead. They're like, all right, <laughs> let's go play the walk ons. But yeah, disappointing. So it, we'll see what happens. Uh, it's a, I'd say there's probably a 50-50 shot. They get a bid. They'd likely be going on the road, though, as a higher seed in the NIT instead of being able to host a game at the Tuck. We'll see. You know, it's. I think there's a, some soul searching that the program has to do. I, I don't think it's, you know, this is what you're going to expect the next few years. I definitely think you have some pieces you can work around. You know, Matthew Cleveland just won the sixth man of the year award be interesting to see if he comes back it'd be really unfortunate if he we went to the nit he had like a 30 point game and said hey i think i'm ready for the nba now uh, we'll see i don't know it's the season again as a whole disappointing but again a lot of things out of their control at one point florida state was seven and two in first place in the acc uh yeah. then they just got hit with injury after injury raekwon evans you know had the family issues um just the, uh, everything that could have gone wrong did but you know for florida state this program, in the past few years, they haven't had a whole lot go wrong. So it's it's almost like four years of karma just catching up at once.
0: Yeah, and I actually just looked up some. You know, I didn't even know this existed, but I looked up some like NIT bracketology, and they don't have us as a yeah as a as a seed there. So seventeen and
1: fourteen. I mean, you're fringe bubble in IT. and and especially with that Syracuse game being the most
0: recent thing, right? Yeah, of- if you'd have beaten Syracuse, exactly, and then kept it close, played Duke, Duke really well. Yeah. Um maybe you have a shot, but yeah, I don't even think we're gonna get a bid there. So um uh well that's frustrating, but uh yeah, it's a punch to the gut, if you know, to put it literally. Oh yeah. Uh thoughts on thoughts on uh buddy Behind.
1: So it's there's a lot going on here, right? If the refs had seen the seen it happened, reviewed it and called a flagrant to and ejected him like they should have, Syracuse still rolls. Then there's no need to suspend
0: Buddy Behem for the It was early. It was early. Maybe that changes some things. You know, I think it was a seven (laughs) point game when that happens. And I think it snowballed from there. Because if he get if your best player gets kicked out Mm -hmm. and we, you know, say we knocked on the two free throws and then score a bucket, and it's a three point point. game at that point. Three point game could have gone either way, right? Yeah. He played well the first 10 minutes.
1: At Not a, particularly. Um, well, we kept had a it lot close of bullets. The first 10 minutes. Yeah. So, but, but, anyways, I mean, I, I had more issue with his dad after the game trying to defend him. Um, you know, Jim Bayheim, okay, who well, I'm actually a huge I fan. I you
0: were going to, I thought you were going to, I thought you were going to say that you didn't think, you, I thought you were going to take Bayheim's sign on this. No, so we'll no. And, it, about this. and a,
1: you know, it's, a, you know, my dad grew up in Syracuse, New York. He was a lifelong uh, Syracuse fan. I grew up as a Syracuse fan, a big fan of or Jim Bayheim. But, and again, he's talking about his son, so you have to take it somewhat with a grain of salt. But he he basically tried to blame Wyatt Wilkes. He's like, well, he's, he was down there. He The guy pushed him two times. He's like, you, what, you can't just let him sit there and push you around. And then a reporter <laughs> had his phone out after the game, asked a question. He's like, I'm watching the clip on ESPN right now. No, he punched him in the in the stomach. He's like, he cocked back and punched him. It was, it was very intentional. And he's like, well, that's your version of events. I just told you. I, he's like, I watched the play. I, that's my version of events. Um, and so I went back and watched it. Well, all he did is box the guy out on a shot. Literally, that's yeah. all he was doing. And you see beheim turn around. You see his elbow go backwards and then go right into the gut. So it, it wasn't swinging arms. So I thought it was, you know, a pretty poor apology by Buddy. But, you know, when your dad's up there defending you like that, he probably – Jim beheim probably wrote Buddy's apology for Yeah, him. well,
0: he enabled him, right? And it's yeah. not like Jim beheim to not, you know, take credibility for – or take ownership of a, mis- uh, of a massive mistake. So – uh yeah, no, frustrating because he definitely did punch the guy right in the stomach. Yeah. Um, you know, I like Jay Billis, but Screw Jay Billis too because his yeah. uh, he absolutely deserved to be suspended for the next game. So it's very similar. That. Yeah. Oh, you have a on, take
1: on that too? On Jay, yeah. So he's his whole career. Everyone calls him Jay Bias, right? They say he like he's a huge Duke homer. I actually don't think he's that big of a huge homer. I think he doesn't either. Job I think he does a part. pretty good. I think he does a good job like but, Kirk does with all yeah. our State games. But I think he saw this as an opportunity, knowing the suspension had already happened, knowing Syracuse was playing Duke. He's like, let me stand up for Bayheim here in Syracuse. That way, it looks like I'm being completely objective. I think part of that had something to do with it, um, because it, his logic made no sense. He's like, yeah, you're right. It was wrong, but the refs missed it. They missed the chance to review it. Like, okay, how many times do we so see someone gets right. fined on Tuesday exactly. after the game for a
0: play they weren't called on? Like, it, it still happened. Yeah. That's yeah. why we review things like that. Like, yeah. if if a ref, there, there's... Yeah, that just doesn't make any logical sense at all. Yeah. If you misfile your taxes, you will get a letter in the mail yeah. a couple of years <laughs> later telling you you misfiled this because your you submit taxes and then everyone that paid you like your your company that pays you also submits taxes like hey this is how much i paid you and it all checks and balances later right and if you yeah. misfiled they're going to send you a letter and say hey you you misfiled this you owe us this yeah. amount of money if you in the nfl if you spit in somebody's face and the refs miss it and they have moved on and there are a few plays later you will get fined and you will get suspended later. Like this whole idea. Who who was it? Was it it, it Brandon spikes who I gouged the Georgia player at the bottom of the
1: pile, like 10 years ago. And then he got suspended. Even though it it wasn't called. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I got two of those in a week this year. (laughs) It's frustrating. If you don't renew your registration, you may not get caught that day, but eventually they'll suspend your license. Like it, it all catches like this idea that like, Oh, well we'd already moved on. Like, that's not how that works. You know, yeah. like you don't just, I don't know, just stupid, yeah. you know, it's like, too, oh, well, the play, fun. play had already continued. And it's like, okay, what if he would have literally ripped his jersey off and punched him in the face? And then like, kept going. Like, it was just ridiculous. J. Bill is an idiot. And then he compared yeah. it to like, you know, oh, well, if you step out of bounds, yeah. <laughs> um, the difference is that that's a basket, like that's a mistake, right? That's, or, that's like against, yeah. that's a rule. It's not a malicious attempt. Like, Again, if it had just been a hard foul, like if they'd have said, yeah. if they'd have said, here's the difference. Let's say they would have called a foul on like a rebound or something. And then the ACC would have gone back later and said, you know what? That foul was a little bit rough. We're going to upgrade that to a flagrant one. But they wouldn't do that the next day, right? Like no, if yeah. it was still a basketball play, right? Oh, well, we actually, that was a flagrant one. So we're going to give Florida State two more free throws and add that to the score. At the, end of the, game. the problem was it wasn't a basketball play, right? It would have yeah. been like, if they found out, it would have been the same thing. If they'd have found out that he took testosterone or something, like he took some kind of performance-enhancing drug, after the you know, like they found that out two days later, they yeah. would have suspended him going forward because you're not allowed to do that. Like it's not like a, it's not the same as stepping out of bounds or double dribbling. Yeah. Like I, don't so, Jay Bilas is an idiot. Yeah, so I have two final thoughts on this.
1: Him. One, uh, Wyatt Wilkes, I get your laid-back guy and probably want to you know come off as a tough guy. You got to sell that. Right, you need to be down, rolling, grabbing your gut
0: until they say we need to go to the replay. You even we, just we, said something to Coach Ham, like, "Hey, I just yeah. got punched in the stomach. Can they review that?" Yeah, and the, the I other, get you don't want to be a snitch or whatever, but like you also just want to win the game. I yeah, because it, like, be like you four, said, it was somewhat it, close at that time.
1: Yeah, and you're getting your best player out of points. the game. And then uh, the only other thing, I I don't know if Anthony Plight saw it happen because he was right there. Um, but the way it happened, if, if you weren't watching, I'm, a, I'm going to assume no, because if anyone on Florida state's team saw it in real time, I'm really disappointed. They did not run, get up in Bayhams face. And I get things can escalate from there, but you got to defend your players. I, I can guarantee there's no way that, you know, that 2017 Florida state team, someone could have done that to John Isaac and, you know, Trent Forrest just sits there and says, Hey, no worries. Let's, let's just keep playing. Like that that was part of the fight of the team. And I'm not saying go push him, go punch the guy back. I'm saying that you got to let him know that's not okay. or. Maybe the next time he goes to the lane, make it clean. But maybe I'm gonna foul you a little harder this time, and you're gonna think about you know what you did. Uh, yeah. I, I don't. I didn't see the team really come to support him and defend him. Um, but again, I don't know if anybody actually saw it in real time.
0: Yeah. Um. It'll be interesting to see that game when it happens again next year. Um. If there's any, I know they wouldn't. Re- I know they wouldn't forget that on the diamond. Like he'd be getting thrown at the next year without a yeah, doubt. Exactly. Um, so that'd be interesting. I mean, Beheim would be gone. So, fortunately, he missed his last um, career college game ever, and so suck it. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, baseball off to a rough start against Wake Forest. They lost on Friday. Game yesterday was canceled or uh, postponed today. The They'll play two. Uh, softball won both of their games on Friday. Shout out to a pretty impressive doubleheader win um, by the softball team. Um, to get that on Friday, they are starting. Actually, they just started like 10 minutes ago. So they started today at 1 o'clock. Um, women's tennis is currently competing against Florida Gulf Coast University. They uh, got the doubles point and are playing right now. Hopefully, they can pull off the win there. Men's tennis literally just started against UNC. Or they're just about to start. Sorry, against UNC. Kind of the same idea. Um that game at home, I believe, yeah, that is in Tallahassee. Uh, women's golf competing in the Valspar Augusta Invitational. They're currently in third place, um, moved up, started the day in fourth, currently in third. Only six shots off the lead with about half the course to go, so maybe can find a way to get back in that. Um, Ole Miss in first, South Carolina in, two, in second, and then Florida State in third. And then the big news of the weekend as we go around the horn. If I missed anything, check out DoubleFriesNoSlaw.com. Mike Ferguson does a fantastic job of updating things there. But the biggest news of the weekend is Trey Cunningham wins a national championship with a new personal record of 7.38 seconds. That's the 11th fastest time in the history of the sport and just three-tenths of a second off the collegiate record. I saw Laura Ryan uh, from Australia, also on the FSU track team, Um, is one – I need to look up real quick because I don't want to do disservice to this. But she claimed an All-American in her first time um, at the FSU – I'm sorry, at the track national championships. So let me look it up real quick. Yeah, first time competing at the NCAA Indoor Championships – uh, Laura Ryan as a first-team All-American. So a good day on, on the on the indoor track uh, yesterday. Trey wins a national championship. Laura wins a uh, NCAA All-American uh, trophy. Um, I think that's Just, it. That's kind of our around that video now. of Trey. Did you see the the video? I watched it live. <laughs> he was clear
1: by a like yeah. That's a huge margin of victory for a race of that short. Um, and I, and, and like, he didn't even
0: get off to a great start um looks like you know he was kind of behind a couple of guys but then yeah he absolutely turned it on and i was watching him i was watching it live because it was on watch espn and i got the alert that he was just about to go so i flipped it on real quick those are my favorite when you can watch a seven second (laughs) national championship like you know how much like stress goes into a four-hour national championship i mean you do you've been there and seen it but like a seventh. This was amazing, but I was watching him beforehand, and he just looks so cool and calm and collected. Yeah. Um, But I was also just like, man, I hope he. I wonder how, like, how he's doing on the inside, like how nervous he is. You know, you just don't want to see. I mean, this was going to be the last thing he was ever going to run. Won five yeah. ACCs, but had never won this. And they asked him about getting the monkey off his back and everything else. But I was like, man, I hope he doesn't blow it. You know, on this last, yeah. uh, last chance he's ever got. And like you said, he was absolutely moving.
1: Well, when, uh, when he was on here two weeks ago, he had, I believe, the 18th fastest time in the history of the sport. And now he has the 11th fastest time. And it's, no. it's the first time he's ever ran a sub 7-4. Um, he was moving. Yeah, shout out to him. Loved having him on the podcast. Go go check that out if you guys want to. He was a really cool guy. Uh, humble kid from Alabama. Parents went to Auburn and Alabama. He wanted to set his own path. And now he's a
0: national champion champion at Florida State. Yeah, really, really cool. Um, Till dog twelve, we mentioned that raising canes, putting a restaurant right across from Guthries. We must protect the gut box at all costs. (laughs) Like I said, I reached out to their owner, not raising canes. I reached out to Guthries owner. We welcome the we we welcome the competition. We are more than happy. It's like welcoming Miami into Tallahassee last year. Right, came in all cocky, thought they had something. Came in as the favorite, and then had to go back. down south with their tail tucked between their legs. We feel the same way about raising canes um, coming to Tallahassee. They they will never there will never be another OG. Yeah. Oh man, Kurt
1: Kreischer wasn't looking for no raising canes when he was in Tallahassee. Yeah. He he made a stop at Guthrie's yeah. and got about four OG. gut boxes yeah. for himself.
0: <laughs> so not worried about raising canes. This will always be a Guthrie's podcast, um, and our tailgates will always be Guthrie's tailgates. So. Um, Best of luck to Raising Canes. I'm not. I'm not like wishing for other people's failures or anything like that. But you come at the king, you better not miss. So, uh, putting that right across from Guthries, I feel like that's trying to make a statement, and we're gonna make one back. So, um, shout out Guthries. That's all I got. Shout out Garden Gold. Shout out Guthries. Uh, Richie, you got anything before we get out of here? Oh, shout out the women's basketball team. Big night tonight with Selection Sunday. Obviously, an exciting day for a lot of teams all across the country. Not so exciting for FSU's men's team, but. Fingers crossed that the women get a bid tonight. Um, had a really, really nice finish to the year after kind of a crazy, crazy uh, season. Hopefully, and they really peaked at the, at the right time. Hopefully, it was enough beating Boston College that last game to get in. Um, so, shout out the women's basketball team. Uh, I'm staying up late. I know Richie will be in bed, but I'm staying up late to uh, see if they get uh, an invite or not. Looking at the bracketology right now, uh, for the women, um, right now it says that Florida state is, is like, is in, so like, I expect them to be in, I, I think it'd be kind of a shock if they were, um, so, um, in fact, it's got it, yeah, this ESPN bracketology has us as a, um, as one of the last four buys. So not playing in the play in. So hoping, praying that we do get that. Um, we do get in that Richie, what, what kind of shout outs you got? Yeah. And just real quick.
1: There's there typically is more clarity on the woman's bubble than the men's bubble, just because of how it is every year. Uh, but my shout out, um, the man shot at 81 yesterday, so I'm not shouting out his performance on the course, but Brooks Kepka, we shared a video from a double fries, Twitter account at double fries pod. Um, it's like a four minute video. If you want to get a good Sunday afternoon cry, go check it out. There was a, uh, a young man with a rare form of childhood cancer. Brooks Kepka surprised him and brought his whole family out to the Wednesday practice round. He let him play with him, gave him a bunch of stuff, had him FaceTiming with Baker Mayfield. Who's one of his favorite football players. Uh, so shout out, Brooks Koepka. You you didn't make us proud of, with the golf club this week, but you definitely made us proud uh, with what you did with the Ethan there.
0: You're funny. <laughs> didn't make us proud with that. Uh, 81. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> it was a rough day yesterday. It was tough. It was uh, brutal. He was, it was, the, it was emotional after meeting the kid.
1: So on Thursday and Friday, the course was playing like minus 179, um, I believe, but hole 17 was plus over 100. Like it was
0: ridiculous Ooh. what hole 17 was doing. So, okay, cool. Um, I think that's all I have uh, for t- today. I'm going to go watch some of these Florida State Athletics. Um, Bryce Hubbard on the mound for baseball, so going to go check that out. Thank you guys for hanging out. Um, I'm thinking we have another pop-up this week, so I'll keep you updated. Stay tuned for that. Um, if we don't or what, for whatever reason, we will see you guys next Sunday. Until then, go knows.